Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? I don't know. It's so hard to come up with a new way every time. I, I, I know. Um, let's get right into it. Um, this is from my man, Mookie. And I told you, man, I, I, I would love if more of you guys would participate uh, as far as helping me with these old Steves. Because like I said, man, I can't keep coming up with this shit, man. This shit, you run out of ammo. So until I can restock, okay, I'm reloaded. Um, my man, Mookie. It's going to fill in. Uh, and I think the setup was, let me see. He said, if Steve was a drug dealer, part two. So here's my man, Mookie. Yo, what up, my boy? Yeah, man, I need the emails, man. Yo, four twenty-five apiece. 30? How about 27? Hello? Yo, Steve! First one, uh, and I wanted to get into this first because this, it's not really a doozal, but it is a doozal. Uh, we've had this dude before, uh, Eric Venable. Uh, he goes, hey, Aries and Whitey. <laughs> That's a first bad sign right there, but here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, I know my emails are usually a little nicer, but here we go. You are right. The 70s were great. I was a child, but I remember all of that shit because my young mom was a party animal. So was my grandmother. Yeah, the BGs were good, but that whole thing about classifying R&B as disco was about making money for the record companies. I know Steve Dole, and he was a fat Hawaiian shirt wearing stinky white dude that amped up the whole Disco Sucks campaign for his own popularity. And he knows how bigoted Chicago is. I was in high schools at the time, and it became a racist issue in my Chicago private school. They allowed two R&B songs on the jukebox in the lunchroom. Um, jukebox, they allowed uh, two songs on the jukebox in the lunchroom jukebox, and Redneck, and anytime we played Prince, Michael Jackson, or any other artist that was not 
redneck, the honkies would surround the jukebox and push it so that the record would skip until it ended and the staff, teachers, etc. would do nothing with these stinky poor white trash uh, with these stinky poor white trash would ruin our moment. Uh, they would even spray painted, they even spray painted disco sucks on some of the black kids lockers. Um, I gotta say, dude, that's funny. Uh, in a movie to see that happen, that, that would be funny. A bunch of kids surrounding a jukebox, uh, shaking it to make the record skip. But anyway, um, uh, and the administration did nothing. This was the 1980s. My homeroom teacher even punished me for saying Mick Jagoff. Yeah, man, the 70s was the shit. That's why so many so-called recording artists sample that shit. This is why I wonder why you play that bullshit at the end of your show. I know you want to give people a chance, but it is like rewarding people for bad behavior. I know I have emailed you about the bullshit you play at the end, and you want to give people the chance to well, you give people the chance to get in the business, but you have a huge voice, and we require you to not reward this bad behavior. When you play that bullshit, it seems to make you are the hippiest crit. The what? The hippiest crit. Okay. $10, a lot of money. Um, in the world, especially from what you said today, January 6, 2021. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Hey, Eric. You don't see the irony in what you just did? You you don't you don't see the hilarious hip what did you call us? Hippiest crit. You don't see the irony and the hippiest crit shit you did? Let me explain to you like I explained to you before. I think what Andy and I are doing is noble. We are giving people a chance to showcase their dream, showcase their talent. Um a lot of people, again, don't pursue their dreams because they're either scared or don't know how. So whatever we can do to push you to the diving board of a chance to succeed, how do you shit on that? And by saying what I'm saying, you don't see the irony in what you just did? Right now, you are standing around the jukebox, shaking it. And instead of allowing other people's records to play, you are skipping their records. Why? Because you don't like it. And I'm going to put a pin in this just to say this. Sergio Sosa, he has an email that I'm going to read where he kind of says the same thing you say uh, in the same vein, but yours is a, is a little deeper, and, I'm, and we're going to get back to you. Um, you niggas need to stop acting like your opinion is law. It's subjective. That's why it's an opinion. If opinions were fact, a lot of niggas wouldn't be able to feed their families. It's an opinion. Stop acting like what you say is law. Just because you don't like it don't mean other people don't appreciate it. Now let me get back to you. Well, before, before you go on from what he just said, this is an open forum. Yes. So if we put it out there and you don't like it, you're more than welcome to hit him up and tell him you don't like it. Yeah, have some balls, nigga. If you don't like it, let them know and see how much they give a fuck. Um... I know you and Andy are good dudes, but y'all not y'all need to seek out people with real talent and not full of tone correction. And I think some of the people we've played have real talent. Not all of them, but again, subjective. Um that shit is just bad and it makes you guys look bad. To whom? You? 
Bee Gees wrote a song titled How Can You Mend a Broken Heart? They recorded it and it did well. Then Al Green did it and totally blew it out the park. Damn. Take a listen to both and you'll see what I mean. Nigga, who you think you're talking to? I was born this shit. I'm going to die this shit. I come from Negroes. Of course I heard that song. And that's not a shot. That's not a news flash. Black people have always done that. Historically. In America. Like my man Chadwick Bozeman and Get On Up. I takes it. Then I flips it. That's what niggas do. We have a his, especially when it comes to the arts. Singing, rapping, dancing, acting, whatever it is. Niggas take it and put their stank on it. That's what we do. Uh, my early 2000s, yes. when you had the CD player, mm-hmm. always made sure Al Green was in the CD just in case I brought Love someone home. And happiness. That's how that works. Some make you do wrong, make you do right. That's from Whitey, by the way. E- e- even Whitey knew that. Yeah. Um, no, no, I mean, uh, it seems that people misunderstand your hunky partner. I understand what Andy is trying to say and how he wants to educate people. I appreciate his gay ass, but Andy, stop trying to explain your homo. Excuse me. I'm going to be honest with you, Eric. I don't even know what you mean by that. But let me finish. Because there's not much left. Let these motherfuckers, uh, your homo, let these niggas stay ignorant. Andy, I appreciate your love, you love for humanity, but some motherfuckers you have to leave on the battlefield. You are a good faggot. And in my book, I don't like faggots. Okay, niggas, I proofread this. So now what? Well, first of all, two things. You didn't proofread it, which means you probably one of these ignorant motherfuckers that need to be left on the battlefield. Hey, Eric, check this out. Dig, nigga. Um, I said this before. We know the difference between being laughed with and, and laughed at. And here's the problem. In my heart, I believe you mean well. I really do, because I don't think you're an asshole. But what you don't understand, and I've explained this on the podcast, when you're not in someone's face, on a face-to-face, we can't read you. We don't know that you're joking. If you were in our face, I would be able to see a smirk on you. Maybe a, a sly grin as you say this shit. I would be able to see you're enamel, nigga. I could tell you joking. On paper, that does not read. You read, you come off like an asshole. And you come off disrespectful. That last line, I don't like... Th- oh, what is it before that? You are a good faggot. And in, and in my book, I don't like faggots. You look like an asshole, dude. What does that exactly mean? Because when you say, and I don't like faggots, that reads as though you're serious. No, maybe serious. I don't know, but if you put an LOL on that, an L-M-M-A-O, what is it, L-M-M-A-O, I'm getting too many M's, L-M-M-A-O, a roll on the floor, whatever that shit is, we would know you're joking. But on paper, this don't read as a joke. It reads as rude and disrespectful. And Andy will say what he's going to say. Maybe he don't have much to say. But I'm offended for him. And I'm taking up for him. Bag up, nigga. Because you say a lot of contradictory shit in this email. Yeah, I don't really have any, because I don't really know what he means. Yeah, I don't know what you mean when you say, um, I appreciate his gay ass, 
But Andy, stop trying to explain your homo. What does that mean? Explain his homo. Imagine if somebody said to me on paper, you are a good nigga and I don't really like niggas. How do I take that? As a joke? Uh, not uh, The only thing I, I would say is not everybody's going to get it, but some somebody's going to get it. I'm not trying to... Uh, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm giving perspective. That's it. And it's my perspective. And you can take it or leave it. I don't really, um, I can't, can't do anything about it. Yeah, I'm just saying, Eric, I, again, I, I, and I'm, I'm, listen, we comics, man. And I say, if we can dish it, we're supposed to be able to take it. But you got to make it obvious that you're joking. And on paper, if you don't put the joking shit on there, we don't know that you're joking. It don't it don't translate off of paper. That's what that's why I got banned from Twitter. Cause I would say a lot of shit cloaked in, in in sarcasm and joking. And people would read that and go, dog, that don't come off like joking. It doesn't translate. You're a comedian. We know you're a comedian. We know what you're attempting to do. But but that ain't the same as face to face. So come on, man. Civilians really shouldn't try to joke though. No, leave that to the professionals. I don't, you know. I mean, it, it's cute, but it ain't funny. You you mad at niggas because they was hating on the R and B music while you was in school, but yet you hating on these niggas who are trying to follow their dreams. Part of the game is this. All right, Sergio, Shasha, yo fellas, uh, there has to be a time limit on speaking on a topic. Sometimes you guys lose me when you talk about a topic too long. For example, when you talked and talked about that Ethan Hawke show, damn, I had to stop listening. I hope you take this constructive criticism. Sergio, you know we love you, nigga, uh, but I'm going to hit you with the same thing I just hit Eric with. Stop talking like your word is law. You know, when you walk into the A&A restaurant that sells A&A ale, wait, don't have it, um... We're not going to change our menu because you don't like a particular dish. If something's not working for you, hit fast forward, nigga. Go take a shit. Go take a piss. Jag off. Come back. But we're not. And, and, and again, it's, a, it's, it's subjective. There might be a lot of people that like that segment. And they want to hear it. Everybody ain't going to change their station on the dial because you don't like something. Come on, man. That's not how this works. Plus, when we... When we kind of go into a, a show that we like, we bring it back to like our lives, and we t- we in, interlay our own stories of our lives into that. Uh, we're not doing uh, reviews like Siskel and Ebert. We're not like uh, naming directors and yeah. talking about previous movies. We're talking about how it relates to and, us. And we might be even doing that, but somehow we try to. The formula is to always try to weave a little bit of everything in it. You know, listen. Think of us again like a buffet. We're going to offer you a lot of shit. If you don't like something, nigga, keep your tray moving. There's plenty to pick from. Don't sit there and stare at the dish that you don't like for an hour. You know you don't like it, nigga. Move on. Uh, Here's another one from him, and that's why I want to read these back to back. Yo, Aries, my bad for the grammatical errors, and this is about Mike Rappaport. And my last email, however, I was at work listening to your podcast, and I wrote it really quick. Um, now about Rappaport. 
I didn't think he was coming from a bad place when he talked about the lack of rage for the children. But I totally agree with you about him ghosting you. My take on it is that it has more to do with the six degrees of Joe Rogan. He's part of the club via Chris D'Elia, a frequent guest on the Fighter and the Kid podcast. It's unfortunate that I believe he became affiliated with Rogan by association. What all Joe's cronies don't get is that why they fall like uh, D'Elia, Callan, Shafir, Diaz, he distances himself. They think it him trying to not add to the negativity when in reality he is protecting himself and his brand. Anyway, that's my two cents, your boy, Sergio Sosa. Please don't forget to follow Andy's advice about promoting your comedy dates at the beginning of your podcast because I'm going to have to fly to see you guys. Peace. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know that Delia was caught in controversy. Callan Shafir was. I don't know about Joey Diaz. Uh, Joey got some heat for some for just being who Joey is, and I don't think Joey gives oh, a shit. Oh, that's you know that's we don't ever give a shit about that. No, but you know, obviously, some people want to manage their their the way they're perceived so that they can continue to. Do you know specifically what it was? No, I really don't because I, I have really stopped paying attention to this. Um, with Diaz, though, it kinda, I want to just get into this for a quick second. Uh, do you mm-hmm. remember the movie that came out called? Uh, uh, the aristocrats. Yes, and it was about the one joke that white white comedians would do, mm-hmm. and it was that the freedom to do this one horrible off. And but and then they talked to uh, I think it was it was Rock, and he said, "Well, it didn't really mean anything to us because we never we weren't going to get kicked off those stages because we were never on those stages." Right. Diaz is a throwback to like that idea that. I was never really part of the the gang for those stages. I right. mean, because of because of Rogan, he got the. I mean, his association with being funny and then getting seen because Rogan was able to introduce him to a larger crowd. Hmm. But I think Diaz is in it just to be Diaz. I don't think that he gives a shit about it. I mean, obviously, you want to have a career, you want to make money, but right. he's a comedian. He's going to sell his tickets to whoever he buys, and I don't think he cares if he's doing a room that has one hundred and fifty or you know. Uh, 500 people or, you know, 2,000. I don't think he gives a shit. That's not his, that's not what he cares about. You know, I always say, I, I know that to some degree, uh, you know, they say money should never change you, but I refuse that that's, I, I believe that's impossible. I believe to some degree you have to make adjustments. Now, I'm not saying it should change you in terms of the core of who you are in regards to your values uh, and what you believe in, uh, but for the betterment of the brand, for the betterment of the business, yeah, you got to make some adjustments. Um, if a Fortune 500 company or if fucking some major company, if, if Disney, if Disney or uh, I don't know about Disney, but if McDonald's, I don't even know about McDonald's. If, if any, okay, well, let's just say Disney, McDonald's, Coca-Cola were to come to us and go, we want to be behind your podcast, but you got to make certain changes. Would we make those changes? It depends on what it is. Um, if Disney came to us, it would be like, okay, we like your podcast. Here's the change you want to make. We want to replace you two. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you do things and you know that you're not going to be welcome into those rooms, though. So I say that to say, if Joe Rogan is distancing himself, 
when you get paid, what was it, $100 million? I think so. Hey, man, uh, I hope I get to have that problem one day where I have to look that in the, in the face and go, now what do you do? Um, but, yeah, man, listen, I understand protecting the brand. You know, I can't, I can't fault anybody for protecting the brand. Um, how far you go to protect the brand, that's the interesting part. What you got to give up to protect the brand is the interesting part. Um, but, yeah. Sergio, Sosa, I like you, Tony. There is no lying in you, Tony. Don't you ever try to fuck me, you fucking little monkey. Hey, take it easy when you talk to me. Don't fuck me, you little ape. Hey, who the fuck you think you're talking to, huh? Do you want to go to war? What the fuck? Do you want to play games? Tony, he hung up, man. He hung up. All right. Oh, by the way, Sergio, when you hear this podcast, we'll be in San Antonio the following week. Yeah, so is he from... No, no, I'm just saying he said he wanted you. Oh, because he's out of Chicago. Yeah, we didn't say where we're going. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if you want to fly. We'll be in San Antonio. And you Latin, so make sure you bring your cowboy hat, your buckle, and your boots. Uh, Raymond Martinez, subject, N-word, part two. Hey, listen, um, before I read this, I want to give my girl the shout-out because she said sometimes I don't say her name right. Oh, yeah. It's Deidre Johnson. So what she did. I love it. To make me get on point was she sent me an email. She sent it to you too? Yeah. Oh, this is beautiful. Of her saying her name so the niggas get her motherfucking name right. Uh, so I'm going to play her voicemail. And then I emailed her back and said, girl, your voice is sexy as a motherfucker. So here's Deidre Ann Johnson. Hello, Aries. Hello, Andy. This is Deidre Ann Johnson. I just wanted to send in a, a little voice recording so that you would know how to pronounce my name. I am a big fan. I listen to you guys all the time. I caught up to all the old episodes, and now I listen with anticipation to the antics of you guys. And um, I would love to hear you guys talk about the shit show that happened in Washington, D.C., Today, January 6th, bananas. All I have to say is I'm glad there were no counter-protesters, and I'm glad they all white. Bye. Damn, she sounds like a seductive teacher that tells you to stay after school so you could help her wash the blackboard. Wink, wink. She has just enough nasally sound in her voice to uh-huh. make a Jewish guy go, damn. Matter of fact, um, <laughs> Andy, put your dick away. <laughs> now let me put my dick away. <laughs> Thank you, Deirdre. I might listen to that on occasion in my house laying in the tub naked like cult soul with some <laughs> dim lights. And uh, some uh, Nescafe uh, and just jag off. All you're going to hear is the water splashing. Thank you, Ms. T. Dredd Johnson. Back to Ramon. I, I think your sound effects were a little exaggerated. It might have been. <laughs> it might have been. Um, hey, A&A, uh, you answered my email about the N-word saying that black people earn the right to language. Okay, I can agree with that. But here is my next question. Why would black people want to keep on using that word knowing it's past, 
even if the word is said differently. I would think it would be a word that would want to be forgotten by black people entirely. You don't, uh, excuse me, that's that pizza, y'all. You don't really see another race use their racial slurs and saying them to each other, whether they change the word or not. Either way, keep the content coming. And oh, yeah, no $10, a lot of money on this email. You're right, dog. This email was actually fucking perfect. Um, you know, I've said this before, and I'll say again, besides the fact that I think black people have earned the right to language, which, again, was Patrice's quote. Um, again, as I said when I read Eric's um, email, niggas is spicy, man. We take everything and we flip it and we make it better. And black people, again, we've always had the ability to change shit, to take what has been damaging to us and make it something else. Um, And I think we've earned that right. But what I do want to play is something that was sent to me by a Terrell Ingalls. Uh, And this young brother, I forget how you pronounce his name. Um, He was the one that responded to Mitch McConnell, Mitch McCauley with the white dude. McConnell. McConnell about reparations, and he so eloquently did it. And I want to play this clip for y'all because he explains to a young white girl when she asked the question, basically, that you are asking. And what I love about this clip is that where you go, uh, you don't really see another race use their racial slurs and saying them to each other the way they change, saying, each, saying it to each other, whether they change the word or not, either way. And he specifically addresses this and why it's okay so without further ado do um here is that clip last week northwestern had this concert with lil uzi vert he uses the n-word profusely Mm. like a ton and there was an email sent out to students who went to this concert saying you don't have a right to use this word which i 100 percent agree with like i as a white person, I don't have any right. I haven't, until reparations are paid, until there's some sort of giving back, there's no right. But what do you say to, I don't know what to do when I hear my friends using this word in a song. I don't know what to do when it's just, it's all the time. Words don't have meaning without context, okay? Um, My wife refers to me as honey. That's accepted and okay between us. If we were walking down the street together and a strange woman referred to me as honey, (laughs) that wouldn't be acceptable. The understanding is I have some sort of relationship with my wife. Hopefully, I have no relationship with this strange woman. When I was young and I used to go see my family uh, in, in, in Philadelphia, where my dad was from, they would all call him Billy. His name is William Paul Coates. Um... No one in Baltimore called him Billy, and had I referred to my father as Billy, that probably would have been a problem. That's because the relationship between myself and my dad is not the same as the relationship between my dad and his mother and his sisters who he grew up with, right? We we understand that. Um, It's the same thing with words within the African-American community, or within any community. Uh, My wife, with her girlfriends, will use the word bitch. I do not join in. I don't, you know, say, hey, I want to, I don't do that. I don't do that. And perhaps more importantly, I don't have a desire to do it. You you understand? You know, um, a while ago, Dan Savage was going to have this uh, show that he was going to call Hey Faggot. 
I'm not gonna yell faggot at Dan Savage. I'm just not, that's not my relationship with the LGBT community. And, and I understand that, and I'm okay with that. I don't have a desire to, you know, uh, uh, yell out the word, you know, faggot. I just don't have that. Um, the question one must ask, if, if that's accepted and normal for groups of people, we understand that, you know, it's normal actually for groups to use words that are derogatory in an ironic fashion. Why is there so much hand-wringing when black people do it? Um, black people are basically, you know, however you feel about it, they're not outside of the normal rules and laws for humanity. I had a, you know, a good friend who used to have this um, cabin in upstate New York, which he referred to as the white trash cabin. He was white. I would never refer to that cabin. I would never tell him I'm coming to your white trash cabin. <laughs> I just wouldn't do that. I, and and I, you know what I mean? I think you understand why I wouldn't do it. The question one must ask is why so many white people have difficulty extending things that are basic <laughs> laws, you know, of how human beings interact to black people. And I think I know why. <laughs> um, when you're white in this country, you're taught that everything belongs to you. You think you had a right to everything. You had a right to go with you. I mean, and you're conditioned this way. It's not, you know, because you, you know, your hair is a texture or your skin is light. It's the fact that the laws and the culture tell you this. You had a right to go where you want to go, do what you want to do, be however, and people just got to accommodate themselves to you. So here comes this word that, you know, you feel like you invented. And now somebody will tell you how to use the word that you invented. You know, well, why can't I use it? Everyone else gets to use it. You know what, that's racism that I don't get to use it. You know, that's racist against me. You know, I have to inconvenience myself and, and hear this song and I can't sing along? How come I can't sing along? You know what I mean? And I think, you know, uh, uh, for white people, I think the experience of being a hip hop fan and not being able to use the word nigga is actually very, very insightful. It will give you just a little peek into the world of what it means to be black. Because... <laughs> because to be black is to walk through the world and watch people doing things that you cannot do, that you can't join in and do, you know? And so I think there's actually a lot to be learned from refraining. What I love before we get into this, and I don't have to get much into this because he explained it all is when the white girl goes, until. Yes. Until reparations. That hit me. Until black people are made whole. As though they feel, well, we can't say the word because we do owe you a lot of shit, and we did fuck up. But once we get past that, well, then we're whole. Well, that thinking in and of itself is insane. But it goes to his point. That a lot of white people are taught and has been ingrained into them that everything belongs to you. So even through the fuck ups and the reparations, okay, we can't say it for now. But once we make it right, it's our right. Well, I, I took it exactly the way I heard what you heard. I almost felt though that she put, and I could be wrong, but there, like, there was a monetary value. Mm-hmm. Like there, like there was. It wasn't just that we fucked up. I didn't hear we fucked up, because the way she said it was, until reparations are made. It repar- so, so, 
so what all of a sudden you're going to bestow what is what do you what who and who deems uh a financial that reparations would have to be financial right what, what can i to do to a degree yeah i mean so once i once i financially whatever we decide that 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 number is for you now now i can say it how, how does she come up with the that there's a what, what what would that amount be and maybe maybe your family maybe as a as a black as a I, black man I, you give me half of gates money <laughs> no <I'm> say that <laughs> if i look at my account and see half of Warren buffett's worth Go on, say, Nick. Well, and I guess the reason that it struck me so hard about that finance, what, 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 I mean, I keep saying white people. I, I'm not going to say, I don't want to say white people. People that aren't black. Because that's a bigger, that's a bigger gamut, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bigger gamut. Have to understand that it's not just about what that amount would be. That amount has to encompass the fact that you never even had the opportunity to have Bill Gates' money in those hundreds of years. Right. So it's not about uh, 40 acres and a mule anymore. It's about that from that period, even after uh, slavery had ended, even after, so then now we have to go through all Sam Crow. You didn't have the opportunity to build wealth for the community. And that's people when they say things, it's almost like they feel like there's a number that's right. fair, and they don't look at the hundreds of years that are missing. Right. That that, that so that that's a very college, I guess, question. Someone who's still trying to figure out uh, life in a way, because that that her the way she set up that she was doing a good job to come to the question, but right. she set it up so poorly with the until until right. Until what? Until hundreds of years have passed and we're on an equal playing field because now opportunity has been leveled? Because just because I give you what you deem is a financial amount doesn't mean that the playing field is leveled. Doesn't mean that opportunity is equal. Right. And, and but, but 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 even when you say that, but the, yeah, let's is, say it one day becomes all level, all fair, the playing field. You still don't get to use it. Ever. Uh, but I will say this. This was interesting to me that I did see. Um, and this goes back to like even me having that joke that I have. Uh, when he talks about and he says faggot, uh, there's somebody's going to start a faggot. Bit. Eric. Oh, him. Him. Yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. In the context of reporting, and I use that word because that's the word that uh, um, Jay Moore used. Like right. I'm uh, as a comic, I'm reporting. Right. In the context of reporting, he had no problem using any of those words. He did. He didn't. Yes. And so, but it's almost like, now when we get to, now we made up a word for that word, the N-word. And it's almost like even in the context of reporting, you can't use that word. So if I was to say, he said this, I have to say N-word. It's dramatic, not saying that I'm disagreeing with it. I'm saying that's in the context of you reporting, you have to say n-word. Yeah, but in the context of you being a comedian on stage, that's different, right? Yeah. But in reporting, even and 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 here's the thing that I was going to say to that: 
even a black man that I watch the news. Wouldn't that be something if the news reporters really did that? And in the news today, three niggas. Uh, it's <laughs> in the context of reporting. But this is where I, this is where I was going to go to that. Bernard Shaw, and I said this, I think, on the podcast before. Bernard Shaw, a black man, uh, was on CNN reporting, and he said, when uh, the uh, whatever alleged what, used a racial epitaph. <clears throat> and I was like, if anybody could say that, it was him. And in that news report, he couldn't, even he couldn't say it because it was going to white America? Well... <laughs> I would feel more like you would say, if anybody could say that, he can, if he said the N-word. But he's saying racial epithet because that's news shit. Okay. You have to, uh, you have, to have a certain kind of Uphold. etiquette when you're a news anchor, no matter what your color is, because that's just that behavior. Just like, you know, motherfuckers that do the news don't act newsy when they ain't doing the news. That's that news shit. I'm telling a lame joke in my anchor. It's <laughs> <laughs> news behavior. But I love what you had the point of it gives white people an example or uh, a, a, a look, a glimpse into what it feels like. Remember, I, I still am working on that joke that I told you I want to do about white people dancing to a different numerical system. And the whole setup to that punchline when I eventually play REMs, it's that one famous song. Uh, not that's me. Not that one. The slow one. Everybody hurts. I'm gonna do a eventual bit where I do white people dancing to that, which would be impossible to dance to, given the the rhythm of it. But the point of the joke is where I say white people. It's not that y'all can't dance. Y'all, you have your numerical system looks funny because you're free. You've never been told no. You've never been told to stay within boundaries. So when you dance, that's why your arms flail and you look crazy because to you, a beat is confines. Niggas know we have boundaries, so we have to stay within a one-two. One-two, one-two. We can't go outside that. We've been told no too much. Y'all ain't never been told no, so y'all y'all get the flail in your arms and your hands and there's no rhythm and there's no one-two. Your shit is 111, 37, 48, and 217. It's you free. It ain't that you can't dance. You're just free. So like one of those uh, those air dancing things. Like those, yeah, like those Cardo's air things. <laughs> you're free, nigga. Your arms and legs, and there's no coordination because you're free. That's freedom movement. So the day I go to a club and I see black folks. We're free, nigga. That's going to mean we're, we're free. We're all free. We're all free. <laughs> um, you know, he asked Raymond Martinez, why would black people want to keep using the word knowing it's past? And I have to take from my man, Louis Farrakhan, in that clip of him on Donahue in the 80s, when he goes, you never should forget your past. Because if you forget your past, history is doomed to repeat itself. And like the Jews, it's a very Jewish thing. us too, will, must say, never again. No. So why would you want to go, get rid of the N-word? No, keep it. Well, That's like when you made your point about the statues being taken down. Keep history up so we know what happened. But I, I don't mean to put it in your neighborhood. Just I just want to make sure. Yeah. I, I think they should be put into a museum, but you yes. got to be able to visit your history. Yes. Um, what I will say uh, to that about keeping that word, uh, 
white people weren't going to give it up unless it was taken. And what I think is, and this is just my, could be wrong, I could be completely wrong in the way I'm interpreting this, by, black, by the black community taking that word, rebranding it, reset, putting it out in that way, you took it back from white folks. Because white folks weren't going to give it up unless there was a reason to give it up. And you guys made the reason. White folks ain't gave it up yet. No. Right. But, but they're very quiet now when they say it. Some of them. There's a, there's a shoulder glance. Yeah, yeah. There's usually a peekaboo. <laughs> or, or there's a white dude with the twisted T. Okay, yeah, there you <laughs> okay. go. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, I love that. <laughs> uh, this is by Keith Luce. Uh, the subject is race real. Race is real, but it's not genetic. And then he says dash sapiens. I don't know what that means. It's but just I guess about we'll... human sapiens. It's, it's a conversation we've had. It, oh, and really? we, we, we addressed it a little on an early podcast. Okay. But he's giving me some more information. Uh, Happy New Year. You sounded damn near articulate, setting people straight on the last podcast. Who's he talking about? You or me? me. Oh. I even thought you were finally going to say nigger and anger. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you knew <laughs> it was day, me. The day Andy says nigger and anger is the day this nigger gets angry. <laughs> Um, something to mentally chew on. More information does not necessarily mean nor equate to more educated. Just because you ha- just because you have all the right all the ingredients for a cake does not mean you know how to bake a cake or a or are a baker. Although another though, damn Aries, when I hear you ask the question in regard to racial harmony, isn't that what we are supposed to be doing? I immediately have the thought based on what America, the country founded on wealth creation using racism. Really? Where are the receipts of national racial harmony? Where are the receipts for attempting to collect the wrongs at a significant national level? I know you like schoolhouse rock, but damn, the answer to your question is no racial harmony is more of a movement that was born because of an opposition to racial oppression. Racial harmony was not what the original Impetus, is that right? Yeah. Impetus of this country, this experiment was for. That's why race was made up in the first place. Those so-called, uh, those called black were to be used, worked, robbed, and raped all in order to create wealth for those that call themselves white. To miss or ignore this foundational point is to forever keep this foundational point covertly in place and functional. Even though honest and factual discussion may make white people uncomfortable one of the worst things you can do, he puts in parentheses, you simply cannot change what you choose to ignore. The ability to ignore facts and hold on to myths is currently uh, the attribute of those that call themselves white and I find most interesting. It's astonishing on a daily basis. I can't say you are a racist, but you damn sure are white. Peace. Was this to him to you? Yeah. Was it uh, supposed to be complimentary at all no it was supposed to be how he felt about my my point about racial harmony mm-hmm. and again to keep, i now see now i like that you said that because as you said you said is that supposed to be um complimentary and i said mm-hmm. no I, I the reason i appreciate him so much is because we have dialogue we go back and forth on things right. he didn't tell me uh in in this did you see where he told me i was an idiot or um, my girl should suck my dick in different ways. None, none of that was in there, right? Right. Uh, that's called, uh, and that's called conversation. This is called, uh, you know, uh, debating. 
uh, uh, open dialogue. This is how people come to. This is how intelligent people come to uh, uh, have conversation and hopefully grow. Uh, so that's why I wanted to put this out there. I, I, dis, I, I agree with everything you said, except uh, racial harmony to me wasn't about the movement. Racial harmony was about us as people seeing each other as humans. Right. And uh, there, are no, there are no receipts other than um, the slow, painful change that has come. Uh, so uh, the receipts are faded because it, it's taken so long to even get this far. But my point is, if we're not going to get there with what this, with the foundation of this country was built on, because it was a working document, uh, it is a great, it, it is called the Great Experiment. If if we realize that we can't go any further and this is the best we're going to get, then yeah, we're going to blow it up. But he also sent me another email that wasn't here, and I think it's one of the greatest analogies I got because uh, we talked about wh- what is America and uh, where else would you go and is it the greatest country? And Keith sent me this great. Uh, analogy that he worked out he said america is like baseball because to get into the hall of fame you only really have to hit around 300 that means every time you go up to bat you hit the ball three times and seven times you don't so you're you're three for you're three for ten and that's what america is it's three for ten it's three for ten it's it's not uh it might be the best that they got it's might be hall of fame level as far as the government goes but it's still only batting three for ten which is supposed to be a decent thing? That can get you into the Hall of Fame, but that's all we are. That's still who we are. It may be the best place on, the, when we talked about that, where else would you want to live? But it's still only three for ten. Mm. So I, I, I love the point, and I love how we look at things. You know, that's, that's, that's good for baseball, but we could do better. Right. Um, I wanted to do better, and that's the part where the racial harm. So if I look at it, if it doesn't work, then if it doesn't work... And we know it doesn't work. Then we have to do, we have to tear it down. We have to do it again. Uh, I still think it's workable, right? But that could just be me and my my cap. Damn, I forgot the theme song. I love that goddamn theme song. Um, let's light it up a bit. Um. Brah, you say you subject, you was right, my nigga. These slippers are the shit. When I tell you my crip walk is legit in these slippers, my crip walk is legit in these slippers. And I agree with everything you said after you read my email. I just turned 30 in June and I've always been a sweats and slippers nigga. But now I have really embodied that shit now. Fuck the Gucci belt, fuck the expensive shirt. Give me a fly pair of sweats and slippers and I'm good. Aries, no lie, before the pandemic, I'm the nigga that shows up to Fridays or Applebee's and slippers. And everyone looks at me like I'm crazy. Nigga, I'm comfortable. Now give me my goddamn rack of ribs and Long Island iced tea. I remember seeing you in an interview in flip-flops and sweats. And in my head, I said to myself, Aries understands, my nigga. I'll holler at y'all. Hope y'all enjoyed my old Steve intros. Just letting you know, I really fuck with y'all. Peace. Mookie, Mookie, I'm trying to get more of them slippers, nigga. Them goddamn slippers, boy. And, you know, usually when I wear them, I got socks on. I recently put my naked feet in them. Nigga, with them shits due to your feet and your toes, when you walk around and you comfortable and your mind state is right and you got the house with the scented candles and the fucking PlayStation and theater room and the heat is on ever so slightly 
because it's chilly outside. Boy, I'm telling you, it feels like when I stick my feet in them bitches, I'm sticking them in vaginal secretions. Dude, what's so funny about those things to me is they're 10, 10 times the size. Yes, they look cartoonish. So I just, and it, what his when he said he wears his... his he sent his, me a picture. Did he send you the picture? No, but he was wearing them to Applebee's. I can't imagine wearing those. Well, you ain't supposed to wear those to Applebee's. <laughs> he said he was wearing slippers to yeah, Applebee's. Yeah, no, 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 just regular slippers, like some Jordans or something. <laughs> he's supposed to wear those to Applebee's. Matter of fact, those aren't even supposed to leave the house. <laughs> if, if, I would pay to see those at Applebee's. Oh, nigga, I... <laughs> Nigga, I think I, my my goal is to bag a bitch doggy style, and I ain't got nothing on but them slippers. <laughs> As my waist action is going back and forth, my feet is kind of sliding in them chits. Oh, everybody's being fucked. Dude, that would be a great, uh, like, porn uh, porn channel. Mm-hmm. You know, you just it's just chicks getting banged out by dudes wearing those slippers. With niggas in fluffy feet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Beat to the fluffy feet. Oh, this is one of those Aries joints because the dude had <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he has his slippers on. Yeah. Um, Josue Gardia. By the way, uh, this is email part two. He sent me a part one. I can't find it, but fuck it. Part two. By the way, I absolutely I absolutely love your English accent. My God, you can do no wrong in my eyes, my guy. I got a crush on you. <laughs> um like you do Jordan, nigga. No homo. Ha ha ha. Also, I like when you be singing to that bitch, Sherry. I mean, Sheree, nigga. Uh, you pull out that song and everything for that bitch. I love it, brother. Be safe. Love you guys. Yeah, Andy, too. Yo, Shamar, this nigga wants to see me and you get it on in a pair of my fluffy feet. <laughs> but it's never going to happen because you have a man, and I respect the ring. Uh, I really don't, but I respect you. So, therefore, I respect the ring. All right. Um, Ghetto Casanova for you. The hunt for Spearsburg Tober. I like that. Here's a doozy of a story for you. For Here's a doozy of a story for you for crazy dates I've been on. Uh, What's I'll, this dude's name? Ghetto Casanova for okay. you. Uh, I want to say I read this, but I don't think I did. Um, I once was involved in a car chase. I was talking with this one chick i picked her i picked up her i picked up her and her cousin i picked up her i picked her up and her cousin picked her and her cousin up no but he wrote i picked yeah, up yeah, her but yeah. yeah you know what he's supposed to say yeah 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 i hope you don't uh drive like you write nigga do that as the asian again no <laughs> is it uh, no 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 when you did that asian uh when that dude wrote that oh know, i know so what you're saying yeah I pick up her and her cousin. <laughs> yeah, it always works when you from do it. skating ring. Hot <laughs> All right. Why does that work? I don't know, but it sounds like it's supposed to. <laughs> I pick up her and her cousin from skating ring. All right. Um, where to stoplight? This dude pulls up on us, gets out the car, and reaches in to grab her. Turns out it was her ex boyfriend slash baby daddy. Their kids were in the car. He didn't apply the brakes, so the car slowly rolled into the intersection. Luckily, it was late and no cars were driving through. When he ran back to his car, I used that opportunity to bust a U-turn and take off. So now we're in the high-speed chase. I was in an F-150, and he was in some old Nissan. Keep in mind, I'm on E, uh, empty or ecstasy. 
Oh, okay, E, because he says, and was heading to the gas station. He tried to speed up to get in, the, in front of me. I slowed up and let him get ahead so I could bust another U-turn. After the twists and turns and honking to get people out of the way, I drove up to the police station and stayed there for a while until we knew for sure he was gone. So then I take them home. I didn't get a hug, no kiss, not even sex that night or the next day. After that, I was so done with her and left her alone. I have a few other stories that'll save that I'll save for another time. Keep up the great work, you guys. Also, I'm glad y'all updated from Hotmail to Gmail. I was fitting to ask for your AOL messenger or your chip <laughs> number, chirp number. Where you at? Um, dog, that story should have been better. I, you know, that should have been better. There's no desire to see a second episode. There's nothing that really happened. You know what I mean? No. It left me wanting more. Um, I feel like that's uh, th- that was like episode one through six. Of, <laughs> Funny. Of City on the Hill? Hill? Yeah, yeah. I-, I think we need to change that $10 a lot of money to $10 a lot of yen. Is that Chinese? Is that Asian? Asian? Japanese. Yeah. $10 a lot of yen. <laughs> and like yang. Good to keep the yang up. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with my yang. You know what that's from? Uh, no, I don't. I do. I know it, but I don't know what it's from. Uh, uh, Golden Child. Golden Child, yeah. Hey, what's this? The yak loing. Good to keep the yang up. Ain't nothing wrong with my yang. All right. Um, let's see. Let me one time. I was trying to find some light shit. What did um, he do after Golden Child? What was the next movie? I don't know. Or is that when it kind of went? No, because it, it was. Did it go I, Disney No, then? no. Hell no. It, no, Disney didn't happen till mid-90s. Was it another 48 hours after the Golden Child? No, not that didn't even come that quick. Remember, the 80s was all Eddie's prime. That was unstoppable, Eddie. That was, it was uh, 48 Hours, Beverly Hills Cop, I think Best Defense, then Golden Child, and then I think maybe Beverly Hills Cop 1. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Eddie didn't start becoming different Eddie. Eddie didn't start becoming Washington Wizards Eddie (laughs) till... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Till mid nineties, it's, it's such a way to have a diss would still be an accompaniment. Yes, absolutely. Because um, they yeah, had, absolutely. <laughs> Yay! They had Boomerang on last night here at the, at and the, I like Boomerang. I did too. But John Weatherspoon's scene was on. And it just, bang! 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 <laughs> Don't be pussy. Whip! Whip that pussy! Bang! 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 Um. Uh, this is from Daniel Bent. Blown away. Pause. What the fuck, you guys? Y'all niggas killed that show, man. Yes, Andy, I called you a nigga. LOL. For all you kings and queens listening, watch out for your man, Andy. On the podcast, he comes off like cool, calm, and collective kind of guy. But on stage, he's a beast. You really put your game face on. It's like in the movie Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone. Damn, you just complimented <laughs> this nigga and associated him. It was the same as that with Wizards. One of disc. the worst. Sylvester Stallone movies ever. It was like that Wizards disc right now. Oh, man. It was good. You. He wears a a trucker cap forward, and when he's about to arm wrestle, he turns his cap backwards and win the match. A little cheesy. Very cheesy, nigga. I know. Anyways, yo, Aries, they say if you can't quote a joke from a comic, then that comic ain't that funny. My wife and I were reciting them shits. I'm not going to get into which was my favorite joint. These niggas got to pay for that, LOL. All I'm going to say is citrus. Laugh my ass off. 
Thanks for blessing me with the photo op. You guys are real stand-up guys, no pun intended. Before I let y'all get back to the pod, I want to tell the female listeners, it's cool y'all support my guys, Aries, by listening to the pod, buying the merch and all that. But if you find yourself going down to the club to see this legend do his thing, when the show is over and you go in to take your picture taken, pay homage and give the nigga some pussy. I like this nigga. <laughs> uh, give back to the community. Comics Lives Matter. LOL. Thank you, Daniel. And, you know, we got our faithfuls, man. CC, D'Andrew. I'm fucking it up already. You just better you better have that so you can just play it every oh, time. Oh, God. Aries. This is D'Andrea. D'Andrea. Is that what it is? I know she's probably sucking now that you right now, now that you said it, I can't. I, I'm fucking up. D- Wait. Dash, baby. That's her nickname. Dash. D-A-G, D. Johnson, uh, Shannon, Shamor, Farah, A.B., and all my all my hoes and bitches. You know me and Andy Pimps, nigga. I'm uh, I'm I'm charcoal, and this nigga is marshmallow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What were they called? We just nigga. We s'mores pimps. Nigga, I'm chocolate and he marshmallow. The s'mores brothers. The s'mores brothers. That's right. You know, I smack bitches with the chocolate. He's sweetening them up with that white puffy shit. All right. Um, we got time for one more. I'm trying not to get too deep. Yeah, uh, I like that someone actually came to the show and and actually commented on the show. Yeah, man. I like how he described you, man. You you quiet uh, and on the podcast, but when that pussy opened up, woo, woo. Matter of fact, here, let's go out with our girl. Uh, Shamor Emery. <clears throat> Let me get the pipes right. My sherry more sweeter than a summer day. All right. Hey, guys, no need to read this on the pod, but then I read it, so we ain't blowing no cover. We just actually, we should read this on the pod. I saw the BG's doc last week, and I loved it, too. Yesterday, we watched another great older doc called Assault in the Ring, 2008, on Showtime. I think it's also available on Hulu. It's the story of Resto versus Collins. Junior fight. It's uh, it's crazy. The denial of so many people on both sides is astounding. Boxing has been corrupt since its inception, but Panama Lewis is one of the most vile humans in boxing history. He makes Don King look like Gandhi. Imagine if Shaba Ranks and Buster Rhymes had a baby. He's truly ugly inside. Ooh, that pizza, nigga. Inside and out. I know you're not a big boxing guy, but the story is tragically fascinating. Would love to hear your feedback on it. Shamor, was you not in class that day? Did you sleep through it? Baby, you know I'm a boxing fanatic. I'm the not boxing fanatic. That's Andy. If any, if basketball and boxing. You're out of frame. Those are my two motherfucking things. Um, dude, when you told that chick last night that you're not a football dude. Mm-hmm. Or and and she looked at you like, oh my god! Like mm. she she, but just boxing and NBA. That's Th- you. That's it. I, I'm not a football guy. I, I'm not anything. Baseball, any of that shit. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've become less of a heavyweight division guy because other than and I know who the dudes are: Anthony Joshua, um, Don Deontay Wilder, and Tyson Fury. I just don't listen. The golden era of heavyweights outside of the '70s. Was the nineties? Holyfield, Riddick Bowe, Mike Tyson, Lennox Lewis, um, that era, uh, and then of course welterweight slash middleweight eighties and nineties. 
You know, Duran, Leonard, uh, Hagler, Roberto Duran, uh, De La Hoya, Wilfred Benitez, you know, um, my man, what's the name? Chavez, Pernell Whitaker. So, yeah, I'm a boxing fan slash historian. Um, Do you know about this documentary she's talking about? No, I don't, but I'm glad you put me on it because I want to see it. Um, And incidentally, Shamor, have you ever seen the movie Hands of Stone? where it's about Roberto Duran. They, they got some up-and-coming no-name dude to play him. I can't remember his name, but he was awesome. Usher plays Sugar Ray Leonard, and Roberto, Robert De Niro plays uh, Roberto Duran's trainer. Uh, it's called Hands of Stone. Check that out. It's a great movie, and I will check out your documentary request. My Sherry Moore. All right, that's it. That is it. Uh, again, we'll be at... Uh San Antonio will be at uh, LOL Comedy Club. Yes, in uh, San Jose, Lona Russa. We are coming, baby. I'm going to feed Andy that goddamn oink oink. Stop eating. I'm going to have a piece of that. that nah, that, that nigga's going to have an oink oink. Deidre Ann Johnson. I'm looking at it on my goddamn cell phone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Miss Johnson. I was bad. I deserve several licks. You want to put the ball gag in my mouth? <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Whoop me, baby. I love it. Ooh, Lord. Dude, that grossed me out right now because I just saw... Uh, me with the ball gag? No, the but I just saw um, Pulp Fiction recently. Oh, when uh, Ving Rhames get hit in the shitter. Yeah. Uh, damn. Imagine trying to fuck that big black ass. I don't want to imagine... <laughs> That whole scene is the creepy. This is the thing about Tarantino. That scene was living in his head before. Oh, yeah. You know, he's a dark motherfucker, man. <laughs> about three hard-hitting pipe motherfuckers. Um, yeah. Who do we got? Okay, who do we got? We're going to a comedian, a female, uh, Dazzling D from Orlando, Florida. Uh, Facebook is Dion L. Turner, D-I-O-N-N-E-L. T-U-R-N-E-R. Instagram is Dazzling D. D-A-Z-Z-L-I-N-G-D-E-E. Hopefully, Eric uh, Venerable Venable is not shaking the the box. What do they call them shit? The the jukebox. Hopefully, he's not shaking the jukebox and stealing your dreams, baby. Uh, Dazzling D. Enjoy the comedy stylings of Dazzling D. Love y'all. This week's featured artist forgot to send in a clip of their performance. So just like A and A, we don't have it. Let this be a reminder to have your shit in order when submitting to the show. And remember it's Spearsburg Pod on all social media apps. Can you feel it, baby?